Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Hey guys, it's Maya, and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf, and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun, and they're all on the Instagram, so go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. So, Ted Lasso is a new-ish Apple TV Plus show that follows Ted Lasso, an American football coach who gets recruited to coach AFC Richmond, a fictional English Premier League team, and English Premier League is soccer, so it's the wrong kind of football, and it's basically the story of Ted Lasso coaching a sport he knows nothing about and adjusting to life in England and dealing with the Premier League, and I fucking love it. Like, I am a Liverpool fan, clearly, obviously, and like, thank God they never played Liverpool in the duration of the show clearly they had to play Liverpool in their season because you play every team in the Premier League twice but they never show Richmond playing Liverpool so I my loyalties were never tested but you know I'm a Liverpool fan but also we're Richmond till we die we're Richmond till we die we know we are we're sure we are we're Richmond till we die like it's I love them so much and it's so good and it's already been renewed for both a second and a third season so I'm super super excited and I can't wait for those to drop books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. going to kick off this spoilery section by talking through characters because even though it definitely has a plot it is totally a character centered character driven show beginning with Ted obviously we have to start with coach Ted our favorite he's so amazing and literally all heart and I love him so 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 much like I want him to be my life coach literally like I mean, he needs to stay at Richmond because he needs to get them promoted and then he needs to win the Prem, but I want him to be my life coach. And he just, he's so good and he comes in and he bakes cookies for Rebecca every day and he can't do bubbly water, which like same, I hate bubbly water. So the way he like spits it out and stuff is so funny and he doesn't like tea and I've seen on Etsy, there's this mug and it's like, how do you like your tea? And on the other side, it's like, has the quote that he says in the very beginning about how somebody's made a huge mistake because he hates tea, which I don't entirely hate tea, but I would totally get that mug because I fucking love this show and I love him. And I love how he comes in and he's doing such a, like, bottom-up focused thing. Like, he is 
involved with Nate and he gets Nate's opinions and Nate's ideas and he connects with Nate and he actually fixes the shower pressure because that comes up in the suggestions box, right? Like he is getting to know every single person at the club and every single person because he knows that every single person is so important to this journey and so important to Richmond and to the success of the club. And it kind of reminds me of, this is not a very informed opinion, but I've watched like one or two episodes of the Leeds story on Amazon Prime and like that story of basically Bielsa coming in and getting them promoted. And I remember in the beginning they were talking about Bielsa came in and he really did look to everybody in the club. So it reminds me of that aspect a little bit of like a coach coming in and really getting to know everybody and understanding the organization and betting themselves into this organization and how it works but also showing them how it can be better and going off of that you know he makes sure that Sam has a really really amazing birthday which we love and I love the little things with his son sends him the little green army things and he's like oh it's my first line of defense and he gives one to Sam and then he's Sam's like is it okay if I don't keep this and he's like oh because of imperialism like he doesn't even take offense because he's such a good person and I love him and he knows that Roy is the key to getting the team on his side he knows that because Roy is the captain and because everybody looks up to Roy if Roy falls in line everybody will fall in line so we make sure to get Roy on his side like in the end when Roy's like you know it's really fucking hard to love you right I was like ah Roy loves him I mean how can you not love coach Lasso like you have to love him but like I loved him so much and just the way he coaches Nate too like that he really is a coach at his heart because he coaches Nate and he's like you know I have a hard time hearing people who don't believe in themselves and he gets Nate to stand up and he gets Nate to do this and takes Nate's ideas and I love him for it and the fucking dart scene too speaking of quotes be curious not judgmental and he gets whoever Rebecca's ex is I don't even remember his name he gets him banned from the games because he's like a kick-ass darts player I I knew shit was going down when he threw the dart and then he threw it like right in the bullseye and he's like I forgot I was left-handed I was like hell fucking yeah like I love him and the fact that he holds the ritual to get everybody to believe that the spirits are banished from the treatment room and like he knows that Danny has been better but he's like we need to the players believe in this spirit so like it doesn't matter that he doesn't believe because he knows what the players need to be able to overcome that fear and then when Danny comes running out and he's like Danny Rojas like I love him and the believe sign that he puts up in the locker room I have seen on Etsy because clearly you can tell I'm referencing two different Etsy products. I've been looking for merch from this show, but there is a shirt that says believe and it's a little crooked and I really want that shirt and it's really bad that I'm broke because I really want this shirt so bad because I love Ted Lasso and I need that shirt because he's so, so amazing. And when he goes to the Indian food restaurant with Trent Krim, the independent, but when he goes and he eats all the food so he doesn't embarrass the driver and literally he goes because it was his driver from the first day in the country that the club sent to pick him up and he the driver's all like I tell everybody to come to my restaurant and he actually does and he's like we can't embarrass him so I'm gonna like eat all this food even though it's really fucking spicy like oh I love him so much he's so good and amazing and pure and 
I hate that he goes through a divorce and that it's really hard on him because he's such an amazing person and I just want the best from him because he just wants the best for everybody and he just wants everybody to do well and to be elevated and to believe in themselves and so I fucking love him. I fucking love Ted. I love him so much. Ugh. Now, moving on to Coach Beard, who is an icon, especially in the way he does all of the research on soccer for Ted, because soccer is not a complicated sport, but if you've never been into it, there's definitely, like, a culture surrounding it and stuff that you want to understand, and so I love that Beard actually takes up all of that research and is such an amazing partner to Ted and that he's doing all of this stuff, and I love Beard's obsession with chess and the way that he has the girl and like, I love the character growth, too, in that, because in the beginning, like, he has a girlfriend, and they're playing the game of chess, and then she's like, hey, why don't we go dance, and he's like, but what about the game, and then at the end, he sees her in the bar, and he, like, plays the moves and takes her home, and so it's, like, the growth of him realizing that, like, he really wants to be the this woman. I want that to get explored too in season two because Beard is such an amazing character and he's such a steady presence because he's always with Ted, but he doesn't have as much character growth, I think, because a lot of the character growth was focused on the players and on Ted and on Nate, and rightfully so because they have the most to grow. Beard is technically an assistant coach. He's always going to be steady. He's always going to be there for Ted, but I really want to see like that relationship progress, and maybe that woman could get bedded in with the, like Rebecca and Keely kind of club, so I'm, I'm definitely, I'm here for it, and the biggest thing with Beard is that him and Ted have the fight at the end, and Beard is actually kind of right about the fact that like winning does matter and yes I love that Ted came in and he was like I don't care about winning but when you're in a relegation battle like you can't fucking say that because every point fucking matters and you need to win and you need to get it done so Beard is definitely right but that fight sucked because I love their dynamic but obviously it works out and I love them and I can't wait to see their dynamic continue into season two. Now the last of the coaching staff and I we get to say coaching staff because of like the last episode is Nate. I love how he runs up to Ted on the first day. He literally runs like a huge amount of the pitch because the tunnel is on the end and they're like, he runs at least like 50 yards probably. And he's like, you have to get off the grass. You have to get off the grass. And then realizes it's Ted and he's like, oh shit, but you still have to get off the grass. Like I love how he has his priorities straight. And I love how he works so hard and you can clearly see as such a smart football brain because he has so many ideas about the team and nobody has just come to him and I love that Ted's the first person and he's like you know let's come to you and we see how Nate actually has these really amazing ideas and that's something that's so essential for Ted's success too is Nate and, and obviously you wouldn't call the campaign a success because they got relegated but they had successes on their way to relegation and those came from Nate and Nate's ideas like, my second favorite Nate moment, because my favorite Nate moment is everybody's favorite Nate moment. My second favorite Nate moment was his roast in the locker room before Everton to get them fired up, and he gets Roy to flip a bench, and he's so brutal on them, and I love it, and I love how Nate's like, no, say it to my fucking face, and everybody loves him, and everybody doesn't care. Like, 
so good oh my god when he's like danny you say football is life and danny's like football is life and then he's like well if football is life your defense is death like i love him he's so iconic he's so iconic i love him i fucking love him and then we get to the pinnacle nate moment when he gets promoted to coach i literally almost cried i thought when they were doing that that he came in and they already had a new kit man or he came in and the kit stuff was already done. I thought that the players had come in early and were like, we need to show Nate as a sign of support that like we have given him too much abuse lately. So we're going to do all of the kit jobs ourselves. I thought that was what's happening. What actually happened was he got promoted to assistant coach and then he has his attachment to the whistle and it's so funny and I love him. And he's just, he's so good he's so so good he's the only one in this show who got promoted which like fucking sucks but the Richmond are getting promoted next season I swear to fucking god but Nate is just like so funny and good with the team and smart and insecure and I love him for it so much now moving on to Higgins who is rounding out the Diamond Dogs, and I love the Diamond Dogs, they're so funny. And I was glad, so glad, that he finally quit and made Rebecca realize how much she needs him. And I loved the relationship he developed with Nate and Ted and Beard, obviously. Like, they're the Diamond Dogs, and they're such good friends, and I love them. And Higgins is just funny and great and amazing, and I love him for being him. Now, Rebecca and... Okay, Rebecca's a little complicated because she was trying so hard to sabotage Ted in the beginning. And, like, trying so hard to sabotage Ted long past the time she should have been trying to sabotage Ted. But I still did love her. Like, I couldn't hate her. I kind of loved that she was trying to trash Richmond because of her messy divorce. But then she kept doing it and I wasn't happy. Like, there was a time in the beginning where I was like, okay, bringing in the American football coach, you know trying to set him up with Keely, which I didn't appreciate getting the pictures of Ted and Keely because I love Ted and Keely, like, individually, clearly. But I got it, and I got Rebecca's motive, and so I liked it, and I thought it was funny. But it goes past where it should have gone past, especially with taking fucking Jamie Tart away, literally right as Ted got through to him, because Tart is part of that ritual to banish the spirits and he talks and he opens up about the fact that his dad is so abusive and abrasive and terrible to him about scoring and needing to be a star and then you know he's singing Richmond till we die and Rebecca fucking takes him away and initiates the thing with City which like fuck you I mean okay the thought of Manchester City sending Tart away to Richmond and then bringing him back like obviously they would bring him back Well, most loans typically happen, like, for the season, but I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think it's a little unrealistic, especially knowing that the team that City has in real life, like, they don't need Jamie Tart. They would keep Jamie Tart, but they don't need him, so it's unrealistic, I think, that he would be at Richmond in the first place because I think he would just be a bench player at City, which obviously is not what he wants, but I think that's what City would do because I don't think they would want him playing for any other team in the Prem. Like, City's a very big team with very big budgets. I don't think they're loaning out players very often, but I digress. Rebecca was a good character. Despite all the shady shit she does, she was a good character. And 
she finally does come around in the end, which we appreciate. And I love her and Keely bonding too as like a friends, especially over Liverpool when she sings Let It Go in Liverpool in the karaoke bar. And she just is so much like, I love seeing her companionship and her growth too with her having female friends and her being able to lean on people. And then she opens up to Ted and Ted, I love when she's like, the bastard fucking forgave me. Like, I love her and I love that she keeps Ted on at the end of the season, clearly, because we love Ted and anybody would be an idiot to fire Ted. And I just, I love Rebecca. I love every character in the show. I love this show so much. It's like one of my favorite shows. It very quickly shot into like my top tier of favorite shows. Now moving on to Keely, she had to grow on me a little bit, but eventually, like, by the end, I fucking love her. But in the beginning, like, the very early beginning, she's clearly painted as, like, the character that's the airhead that's only with the footballer for his fame, and she's clearly, like, trying to be painted as that character when she walks in and she's like, boys, are any of you decent? And then she's like, oh, I'm disappointed. But she really is... A very very developed character they develop her very well and how that she's this very smart business person trying to help tart boost his profile and she becomes the business manager in the not business manager but she becomes like the she's doing like endorsements for a bunch of different players and stuff through the end so i love her she was with jamie tart for way too long that relationship needed to die so much sooner but she definitely grew on me, and I love her and Roy so much, how they're both, like, really messy. I don't appreciate that she slept with Jamie because she thought Roy wasn't into her, but I was very much so appreciative that they talked it out, and I love the whole press conference. I love that she tells him in the press room, and then he just walks out, and he comes back, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to talk about it like a rational human. So they have the whole Keely Jones, the independent woman press conference scene, which I need a Keely Jones, the independent woman, something. I'm going to steal that line. If I ever need to, like, pretend to be somewhere from the press, I'll be like, Maya Ghosh, the independent woman. Like, I love that. And it was so funny. And where she's like, the independent woman, the independent woman online, the independent woman magazine. Like, it was iconic. I loved her. And, oh my god, the peak of her growth and her emotional maturity and showing how actually developed and amazing of a human being she was was when she gets Roy's niece to make sure Roy realizes that he's more than a footballer and his niece is like well he's funny and he swears a lot and he like just listing off all the things and none of them have to do with football and I fucking love her for that and for thinking of that and for showing him that and for making him realize that like he is more than a footballer and I just I love her she's so iconic and so amazing and I can't wait to see where she goes in season two especially do like doing all the advertising stuff for the whole team and now her bigger friendship with Rebecca so will she get a more important role in the team will she get a bigger role in like advertising stuff I just I love her she's great and speaking of people associated with Keely now onto Roy you know he's here he's there he's every fucking where Roy can Roy can <laughs> I love the chance I love that they did the chance because I fucking love football chance I've actually considered doing an episode on Liverpool songs and fan chants. And if that's something you would like to see, please let me know. If it's not something you would like to see, if I sit on this idea long enough, I might actually do it. So, like, sorry if you don't want to see this, but it might become a thing. 
But all of that is to say I was really happy they did fan chants, especially with Roy. And, like, it's so good. I mean, Jamie, I think, has the best one, sadly. But I love Roy's. And his anger... His anger is so funny, and he flips the bench when he finally gets it back at Everton. It was such an iconic moment. And I love how he was so reluctant to love Ted, but he did it because he knew it was the best thing for the team. And him and his niece, I've already talked about this, but when Ted is all, you can just say that you're injured and there's no harm in that, and we don't have to play you because you're injured, he's late. So at first you think, oh, he's not coming. Then he shows up and you think, oh, he had to think about this and finally made the decision to do it. But no, his niece found Keely's vibrator and he had to take her to get her ears pierced to like make sure that she forgot that trauma. So I love Ken and I love the way he they did that and it was just so funny and he's such a good captain too. I love him. Like when he passes off the armband because he has to. I love that first of all he doesn't want to have to do it but then second of all he passes off the armband and he's all never stop breaking TVs. So good and he's such a good leader and everybody you can tell everybody responds to him and listens to him even in the beginning when he's watching the press conference with Ted and trying to hear and he's all like everybody needs to shut up so that I can hear this and stuff. Like, I love him as a captain. I love him as a person. I loved his brunette Oscar the Grouch moment. And also, I love that the graphic on the TV said game losing season crushing own goals. I've never seen a football graphic like that, but I love it. And it's so funny. And it just makes me laugh thinking about that. And on that topic, making him score back-to-back own goals was not okay because Kent does not deserve that. I fucking love him and he does so much. And yes, I need I know that you need to show that he's aging and he's losing his legs, but like why can't you show him getting multiple yellow cards for late tackles or something? Why do you have to have him doing back-to-back own goals? Because fuck you, that's not okay. I love Roy and I didn't agree with that. Like that was not okay. And I can't wait to see his arc in season two because clearly now he's in the championship and he has to deal, first of all, with being second string, second of all, with being in the championship. You know, he went from winning the Champions League with Chelsea to now he's at Richmond to now he's in the championship and he's injured. And it's not fucking fair that he's injured. They didn't need to injure him. Like, I don't know. Like, he didn't deserve that. He really, he really, he really didn't deserve that. And I hope that it doesn't set him back that far. But it could be interesting to see him moving into more of like an assistant coach kind of role if this injury really does sideline him forever. Because I don't think, like you're not going to take Kent out of this. Even if he's not playing anymore, he's going to be part of season two and season three. He needs to be part of season two and season three. They can't pull a Bridgerton and just take one of my favorite characters out of the thing. Not that I really like the Duke. Like, the Duke doesn't need to be back in season two, but Reggae Jean Page is just such an icon and such a, like, symbol of the show. The fact that they're not having him back is, I'm gonna suggest not great for their ratings, but this is not Bridgerton season two, so we need to get back on topic. And the topic is the fact that we need Kent and Kent cannot be written out of season two or season three just because he's old and on the cusp of retirement. Now, moving on to Jamie Tart do 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 Jamie Tart do 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 Jamie Tart do 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 Jamie Tart. 
I hate that that song is so catchy because he doesn't deserve it. Like, Danny Rojas deserves it. Ted Lasso deserves it. Nate deserves it. Kent deserves it. Tart doesn't. I mean, he's a superstar, but, like, he belongs to City. He doesn't belong. We're... You... No. His contract is with City. He plays technically for City. He's on loan. And... He's such an asshole for most of the season, too. Like, he's a dick to Keely, which I don't appreciate. Fuck you, because Keely is such an amazing person. You don't, you don't deserve her, and you definitely don't deserve to be a dick to her. And he's such a prick superstar player, which I hate so much. Because, like, fuck him. Just because your right foot or your left foot, I don't even know what foot is, was kissed by God, doesn't mean you deserve to be a dick or you get to be a dick. And... I was convinced he had to be benched from the very fucking beginning, so I was very validated when Ted finally benched him. As soon as he came in and he was causing problems, I was like, one way you can command respect is if you bench Tart because you show the team you're willing to do what it takes to build the culture of the team, and you're not just here to put together wins, you're actually here to build a project. He eventually finally gets there. Thank you. And Tart actually eventually kind of finally gets there. I hate that he gets taken back to City. And why did it have to be City? Like, why? I mean, obviously Manchester City is one of the clubs that's on the rise and they've won a bunch of things in recent years. Da, 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 da. And I guess it's better than it being Manchester United. And it's better than being Liverpool. Like, I wouldn't want it to be Liverpool because then... I would feel so torn. Like, maybe it is a good thing that it's City, because I can just hate City. But, like, I just, I didn't want him to get taken back. Like, he was so good. And it rules out any hope of him being involved in Season 2. I mean, I think he'll be involved in Season 2. But there is no way he's going from superstar at Manchester City to championship side Richmond. I mean, he might, but it'll have to take, like, a huge amount of character growth from him and moving out of his father's shadow and stuff. And I feel like they might have him return in season three. This is working off the assumption that we go down to the championship in season two, we get promoted at the end of season two, and then we come back into the Premier League in season three. I think that he might re-sign with Richmond and actually move to Richmond in season three if they're challenging for the Premier League and they're getting promoted. So it'll be interesting to see what his involvement is in season two, assuming he doesn't move which there's no way in hell in real life he would move and they actually have done a lot of this like it's pretty fair you know knowing what they have in real life and stuff and I actually we're building to my soccer analysis so I will be talking about how they did and portrayed the sport as a Premier League fan but it'll be interesting basically it'll be interesting to see and I love how he is not able to take Ted being super positive about him like I love how he thinks Ted's playing mind games when it really just is Ted and he's super positive and I love oh my god this broke my fucking heart but I loved it when Ted gives him the note when he gets on the city bus and it's the little green army man and he's like way to make the extra pass like I was crying it was so good now the last of my players is Danny Rojas Danny Rojas I love him. He's so pure and sweet with his football is life thing. And I just, he's so amazing and he's an icon and I need to see him further developed in season two. And last but not least on the characters, Trent Krim, the independent. And I just, I love that Trent couldn't say anything bad about Ted after their interview. Like I love that 
Rebecca set that up specifically thinking Trent Krim would rip him to shreds and he couldn't find anything negative to say. So, Trent Krim the Independent, I love you. And now, finally, we're doing my soccer analysis, which I just mentioned. So, obviously, as a Premier League fan and as a huge, huge, massive Liverpool fan, I couldn't resist doing an analysis of the way they portray soccer and because at the end of the day, it is a soccer story. So, over the course of what we see, Richmond plays Crystal Palace, Watford, Everton, Arsenal, and Man City, which is kind of a tough run of games to finish this season. Palace is mid-table obscurity. They always have been. They always will be. Watford, in the 2020 season, Watford did get relegated. It's a relegation battle game, and those can be kind of difficult. Liverpool has never been in one (laughs) because Liverpool are great, but those are difficult, and there's a lot of pressure because both of you so desperately need the points. Everton Mid-table obscurity, they're doing decently well this season, which, like, fuck off, Everton. Uh, Down the fucking toffees, fuck you. But Everton is a tough game for a club facing relegation, though I don't know if Raj from Men and Blazers would agree with me on that, but oh well. Everton's a tough game. Arsenal is definitely a tough game. Even though Arsenal's had a bad run of form in recent years, finishing outside the top four a lot, they're still Arsenal. And they still have a massive budget and everything. And clearly City is a hard game for anybody. City's City would be a hard game for City's B-string. And City's B-string could beat pretty much every team in the Premier League. So it kind of is a tough run of games to finish the season. And it makes sense that Richmond does actually fall. You know, like we meet them and Ted comes in when they're around mid-table. And so I have to believe they were towards the bottom of mid-table, so probably like 14, 15, 16, because 17, 18, 17, 18, no, because 18, 19, and 20 all get relegated. So it had to be towards the bottom for them to fall, or it had to have been a really shit, like, games we didn't see for them to fall as far as they did, but it, it makes it makes sense. I love that they have Arlo White doing commentary. It's literally the best thing ever. I fucking love Arlo White and they need to get more of the NBC people in. Like, so we need to see Arlo White. We need to see Rebecca Lowe. We need to see Tim Howard and the two Robbies. Like, I want to see the whole NBC crew brought into the show in the second season, which I don't think they'll do because they'll be in the championship and I don't know if the NBC crew covers the championship, but I want to see more of the NBC crew. And even if Arlo White doesn't do championship commentary, they need to keep that because I fucking love Arlo White and I don't even care if it's unrealistic. My, one of my big things was Ted puts up the believe sign. The believe sign is such a big deal and they don't have a scene where all of the players smack the believe sign before going out to play. I mean, they have a scene where Roy taps it, which is such amazingness and I love it. But like Liverpool... Above the tunnel, there's a sign. I don't know if it's just a liver bird. I can't remember. I can, like, see it in my mind, but I can't put it to words. But they have a sign, and a lot of the players will tap the sign on their way out of the tunnel. So I was waiting for that scene. I was like, you put up the sign. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be a scene where everybody runs and hits the sign. But they didn't do it. So they need to do that in season two because they're sorely lacking that, and I love that, and there's no way Ted would not create a locker room. You see Ted create a locker room that would have the energy of, like, hitting a sign on their way out, so I need that in season two, and now we're at the ending, and I was watching this final game like I watch an actual game of soccer. I was 
really into it and I was really looking at like tactical decisions and stuff and really trying to focus on the play and the trick plays thing would work you can win a game by having really good set pieces you can win a game by nicking a couple goals on good set pieces the lasso special wouldn't work I like the sentiment so I don't mind it as much like I love the fact that they did the lasso special and the players called out for the lasso special and it's clearly like it wouldn't work I mean people would definitely be confused but like it wouldn't be a thing anybody would ever think to do but I love that and I love that that's like they're like okay we're gonna do set pieces we're gonna win by this and first of all palace winning six nil I I'm not a Palace fan, but, like, I can never remember a time when Palace has won 6-0, so that's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, Palace would have had to play, like, one of the bottom teams because there's no way any other team would let Palace get away with winning 6-0. But on the last game of the season, everyone plays at the same time, so it actually should have been that Palace were winning 6-0, that not Palace had won 6-0, because this is actually something that happened with Liverpool, and this happens all the time with, like, last game of the season, is Liverpool in the last game of the 18-19 season, we needed Manchester City to lose, and we needed to win, and we were winning, and for a minute, Manchester City started losing, and it was like the scene in the show. Everybody looked at their phone, everybody instantly knew City were winning, and then a minute later, City scored a goal and tied it up, so like, fuck you, City. But that kind of thing definitely does happen, and it was realistic, but it wouldn't have been that they won, it would have been that they were winning, because all of the games take place at the end, on the same time at the end of the season. But again, I can kind of be okay with it, because it adds to the drama. And then, Roy makes the tackle, which I was so proud of, and I was also so very quick to yell. I was like, he got the ball, it's clean! Like, that was my gut reaction, because, I mean, and obviously Arlo White says that, but I told you, I was, like, watching this game like I watched an actual game. I was like, he got the ball, it's clean, you can't say shit about him. And then, they go in at half nil-nil, which is amazing, considering they're playing City, and this season, City has been so fucking ruthless. I mean, they were playing City, technically, this is in 2020, which is the season Liverpool won the championship, which I think they altered to have City win the championship, which, like, fuck you, why can't you let Liverpool win it? But I think they're taking the 2018-19 season and putting it fictionally in 2020, I don't know. Anyways, they go in nil-nil against City, which is an amazing thing. And then they fucking score a goal. So they are tied 1-1. And I was like, all you need is a tie. The last special worked. Y'all are tied. All you need to do is hang on to this. And then Jamie fucking Tart is running down. And he has to set up the goal by making an extra pass, which he fucking learned from Ted. And that is not okay. I was so instantly looked I was like look at the ref is the ref is the linesman holding his flag up please tell me the linesman's holding his flag up please tell me this fictional universe has VAR and they're going to be offsides I really thought I was going to be offsides because offsides is such a big thing Ted is always talking about how he doesn't know offsides he never knew offsides in the beginning or into touch he still at the end they talk about a thing and they're like do you know offsides and he's like no so I was like okay we've seen this phenomenon in recent years since the introduction of VAR of goals getting ruled off because a player is offsides and Ted clearly doesn't understand offsides so I was like this is it this is the thing 
the guy Jamie passed to was going to be offside. So the thing that Ted doesn't even understand is going to save his season. And then they didn't even do it. I was so mad. I was like, it's going to be the thing. Like, it would be such a good narratively thing, right? And maybe that's they're saving that for season two. And maybe, because they never actually mentioned VAR in this. So maybe that's not actually a thing in this series. Or in this season, maybe they're working off the assumption of, like, the season before we actually got VAR introduced to the Premier League. So maybe in season two, the championship will have VAR. And maybe in their championship playoff at Wembley, they're going to have a goal chalked off because of offsides and it's going to be that. But I was, like, desperate for that to happen in this one. And it didn't. And then, and then, they had to play. You'll never walk alone. I mean, a cover of it, but still, you'll never walk alone. And that's the Liverpool song. And that's my tattoo. My one tattoo says, you'll never walk alone on my arm. And it's a Liverpool thing. And I was literally bawling. Like, I'm going to start crying thinking about the emotions I was feeling. And oh my god, I was a wreck. I was such a wreck. Because I didn't believe they were going to relegate them. I really didn't. Like, I really, really didn't. And obviously, you know, Ted makes the comment at the end, and he's like, we're going to go down, we're going to win, we're come up, we're win the whole thing. So that's, I think, if you're going to do a three-season arc, I think that's what's going to happen. And I would be okay with that. Like, obviously, I love this show so much, and I would take any amount of seasons they'll give me. But if they're going to kill their baby after three seasons... I will take a three-season arc in which they get promoted from the championship and then win the Premier League. So, there's hope. But that only came after he said that. So, I didn't think they were going to relegate them. I thought they were going to make them stay up. But no, they didn't. And, you know, you'll never walk alone can always make me cry. I'm a Liverpool fan. There's very few situations in which the song doesn't evoke emotion. If not happy emotion, then sad emotion. So, when they started playing that song, I was a mess. I lost it. I bawling crying so many emotions so to wrap up this episode clearly I fucking love this show clearly it made me feel a lot of things it spoke to my soul in so many ways and I fucking love it and I'm so grateful that it's renewed for a season two and a season three and I need both of those right now it's so good i'm such a fan so yeah i have been maya gauche and this has been my take on the apple tv plus show ted lasso which is amazing thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um by me i do all of my own social media the only person i really have to thank is one of my great friends paris who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now so thank you paris and thank you all for listening you can reach me at underscore my take on twitter and instagram and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast that helps a ton so yeah thanks for listening